This session is all about building local podcast communities. And Jody and I are in the process of getting this group in Washington going. And we thought, no, what better way than to ask you, Chris, because you've got some things going on in Florida. So can you just give us a little bit of the highlights of what's happening? Uh, well, uh, what I do is I run communities and uh, I run the Tampa Bay Business Owners. We run e-marketing groups, which is a meetup. And then we also run the Florida Podcast Association. So we've run well over... Uh, I don't know, 1,600 meetups. <laughs> so one of the things that we're really good at is connecting people and getting them together. You're right, Amy? <laughs> yeah. I just had this cough that just doesn't want to go away, but I was not going to miss this for sure. Chris, whatever yeah. you said, you choked her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touch me deep. That's impressive. So what? why do you think it's so important that people meet in person? What's the difference between being podcaster at home and actually connecting with someone? Um, I, I don't think in, I think in person is probably one of the best ways. However, I think you could do it just like we're doing it on Blab. Uh, but I'll give you an example. How many of us have been interviewed by someone? Uh, I remember the, f one of the first times I was interviewed by someone, we had a really great conversation and then I called the person up after to like connect with them. And he thought it was like a weird thing that I tried to reach out. <laughs> so I think a lot of people uh, have anxiety about connecting one-on-one -on -one and uh, meetups I have found tend to be a really great place to do that. And uh, if you have the right structure, you could really build deep relationships because in order to do business or trust someone, you kind of have to meet them, get to know them. Uh, but you could do it virtually. Uh, I just, I prefer on uh, offline, obviously, but I, I also do quite a bit online as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And Jody, what in this past year that we've been doing podcast meetups, what is one thing that's really stood out to you? It has been the difference it makes to see people in person. And Amy, you and I are a good example of that. We knew each other online, but it wasn't until that first meetup that you really start to make connections and things start happening. Once you meet people in person, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is, it's so much different to know somebody online and then move that in into real life. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I think that's what's surprised me the most is people that are podcasting in an entirely different range or t covering a subject that has nothing to do with something that I would listen to directly. There's so much that I can learn from them. And there's so much that um, I've been able to take from what they're doing, what's really, really successful for them and be able to implement that into what's working for me. But we're not here just to talk about just us and what's happening. It, it is open to questions. We want to talk to you. We want to hear your insights. I know that there's been someone jumping in and out. Here we go. Here, Neil. Let's hear what's going on with you, buddy. Hello, Neil. It's popping right in. What's going on? Uh, over here, Super Blabbers, hey. Big Chris. Uh, hey, Neil. How's it going? I, hey. I haven't <laughs> talked to you in a while. How you doing, buddy? The last picture I have of you looks like this. <laughs> oh, probably. I think a whole group of people doing a goofy thing. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Hey, you, Charlie. This is, by the way, Things this is going Charlie. really, really well. Charlie and Sam. Charlie Charlie's and a Sam. brown-headed parrot. He's he's awesome. Well, happy podcast day, everybody. <clears throat> oh, those are darn right on. Uh, How did you celebrate today? Most of the day and watching Chris pop up on the news when I was in the middle of the <laughs> living room trying to have lunch was pretty cool. And. Uh, then logging into Channel 9 and seeing all of us listed was also really cool. So uh, pretty much spent my day supporting other people's podcasts more than my own, actually. <laughs> but it was exciting. It's good to see how podcasting world is starting to have uh, 
it, well, now it has its own day. You know, it's pretty exciting from when we first started almost a year ago. How did how did the podcasting day get started? Can you guys fill me in on that? Yeah, that is Steve Lee and Dave Lee and Dave Jackson and I believe Daniel. That's awesome. Those are the four that I know mm. got together just talking about it. And last year was the first year and they thought it was going really well and they can't believe how much that it's grown. Today has been the number one, uh, one of the top trending uh, hashtags on Twitter. And right, it says we have over 1,300 people subscribed to this live stream going on. But right now we've got about 30 people in the room. It's And the conversations are incredible. Yeah. So that's how it started. Um, I wish I, I had the T-shirt. See how it has this migrated is a over to cool Blab. To when I first got on Blab, I kind of felt like I was one of the first ones to be in here. And it seemed like a... Uh, a spot that uh, a lot of periscopers were starting to move into. That's why I jokingly called them parablabbers. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just been really cool to see but, how. But Neil, is, is, isn't it true that you actually coined the term parablabbing? Yeah, I guess I can. I, you could say that. Uh, yeah, I just basically was coming from periscope. Can you sign my, my screen now, my Mac screen? <laughs> what happened? Can you sign my screen as the guy that created parablabbing? You know what was funny was I was using Periscope to promote my podcast because I had just turned a year old and I was just really getting good into Periscope. And then I got on here because at Podcast Movement, um, the gentleman um, that was talking about Periscope had a shirt that says, I blab. And it made me wonder what it was. So I got on here. And when I got on here, it was a ton of Periscopers just doing their first blabs and stuff. And so I just, that's when I, that day I jokingly called them Parablabbers. And now people hashtag it. And it's pretty cool and all that good stuff. But um, I think it's just really neat to see how <clears throat> so many people have taken the blab now to literally do live podcasting, almost like we're doing right now. And, uh, and just seeing it take flight across now all the different platforms, I think it's amazing. I think it just goes to show where it's headed. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the world is paying attention and they're not ignoring it anymore. Absolutely. And because you're doing all of this editing, do you ever get the feeling that oh, you're working alone, that you're on your own see, uh, a lot? It's just me and a bunch of Batman toys in here. <laughs> uh, one thing about editing is uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> extremely intimate because you're actually listening to every single square inch of the show for clarity, perfection, mistakes, and also things that need to be enhanced. And um, you end up being in a bubble. <laughs> You know, because it's not like I'm editing and then I call Amy and say, so how do you think this sounds or how do you think this effect sounds? You know, it's just really you giving that show life by yourself. And then you don't really get much of the feedback because the show gets released by the actual podcaster. And it's not like at the end they say, hey, let me know how you like the editing. (laughs) So it does get a little bit lonely, just like video editing does. But um, I think... uh, we're just trying to uh, do a good job. We just recently got the uh, contract to work with the Horse Radio Network, so we'll be editing all of their podcasts, it's about five shows, 20 episodes a month. So that's exciting with uh, Glenn the Geek. Thanks to Chris, actually. Really Thank exciting. You. Thank you, Congratulations. For us. And uh, we actually met at Podcast Movement, so it just goes to show the power of going in person. I heard uh, Jody talking about meeting in person just before I logged in. And uh, Glenn and I accidentally hooked up in podcast movement because I didn't have a ride to get to PM 15. So he picks me up in this Audi and I started making fun of him <laughs> like he was a spy. I didn't know the guy. <clears throat> and uh, we hung out for those couple of days at podcast movement and look, it developed into a relationship where my business was able to help his business. And now we're both growing 
the podcast space and now it frees him up to sell and promote and grow his podcast and it helps our business to grow. So we're excited. It's, it's all thanks to Chris introducing us and being a connector like you guys were talking about before I logged in. Neil, that's actually how I met Chris at Podcast that's Movement excellent. in Fort Worth. He, uh, yeah. uh, we didn't invite him, but he climbed into our Uber on the <laughs> yeah. way to the airport. We shared, we shared an that's Uber uh, <laughs> Extra L limo, whatever it was. Yeah. That's Chris. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really great. Uh, Incredible, exciting. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so if Amy, you- I want to just tell you guys something. So, I was in the office today, and and Bay News Nine, which is the local media, calls me up, and they, um, what did they ask me? They asked me. Uh, the guy goes, "Hey, do you want to do an interview?" I said, "Sure." And the first question he asked me, he goes, "Is podcasting something that is worth a?" listening to and i'm like what planet i asked him i said what, what like what era are you in like, i didn't say that but i said to him podcasting is like a, a, one of the fastest growing mediums that we have and we live in an on-demand world and he looks surprised like really what what podcasts are people listening to and um it just goes to show you how ignorant like old school media people are and the guy was fairly young but um i don't know it was a weird question to lead off with like is podcasting something you know, with Periscope blabbing, it is like, is it something that people are listening to? I'm like, a guy was stuck in like the early 2000s or something on podcasting. Yeah. And and that's what I'm finding, too, is there are people that are seriously into podcasting. And once you get in, it's usually like you're not listening to just one show. You get in, you find another one that you love and then another one that you love. But then there's people that have never ever listen to a podcast and so when i tell people i have a podcast that's that's a whole conversation and you know sometimes i kind of just gloss over it and that's that's a mistake and i've i'm really learning like that's something that we need to change so everyone i'm sorry to interrupt go ahead go ahead go ahead ahead, first No, I was just going to say, because we're talking about meeting up and taking such a personal, uh, on your own solo project and actually connecting with others and building and getting that energy and learning from one another. If you have a meetup going specifically about podcasting, please put it in the chat. We'd love to know which cities are having chat, uh, these meetups, what's working and how how you run your format. Amy, let me turn let me turn this around so, on you because you and yeah. I started Podcast Washington together. And tell me wh- how you feel about it from that first meetup that we had where it was me and you and one other person to what it's <laughs> come to be one year later. Yeah, in just a year. It's crazy how things have grown so quickly. Um, one of the big things, like when we first met, it was just you and me talking different things. And you had a couple projects that you were working on. You thought about it. And I was still in that super eager. Oh, my gosh, can I really do this? I don't know if I can do this. Am I going to do this? This is, you know, because there's that stage before you jump in. You know, it's kind of like you're standing on the diving board and you know it's going to be a this amazing splash when you get in, but getting that moment, that intensity, that sort of thing. So building from that point and actually I put it on meetup.com and pulling people in. We now have 40 people that are not in the Seattle area, but in Washington state that want to join the meetup. 
And we're trying to figure out the best way that we can accommodate because we have a massive geographic area. How do we have a meetup like that? And what's the best way to work with that? And that's been a big thing. And so every meetup is a little bit different. We have sometimes we'll have seven people. Sometimes we've had, I don't know what the biggest group is, a pretty, you know, from there, we've grown from there. So Chris, how do you guys actually run your meetup, your format what is the meeting like very carefully yeah so uh (laughs) no we have a lot of we have a a loose structure so first off everybody kicks in ten dollars to attend the meetup so so that's important because people respect the information and they're not showing up for free stuff they're not showing up to hang out we actually have an objective the objective is we're there to connect with each other collaborate share ideas, and also learn. So then uh, when everybody shows up, I let everybody mingle for about 15 to 20 minutes because networking is really important. And then um, I'll ask a question of the day, something loose, you know, could be something as simple as uh, what was your first job and how much did you get paid hourly or what was the most beautiful piece of road you've ever driven on? Uh, all different kinds of questions. Um, <laughs> you, you learn a lot, actually, from these questions. And then... I'll introduce the speaker. The speaker has, I'll set up a screen and a, and a projector. They'll have a PowerPoint almost, unless it's a panel discussion. And uh, after the speaker is done, we then let everybody, then they're allowed to tell us what they, like what their podcast is, uh, their name in their podcast or what brought them out. And I give them 10 seconds and actually put a timer on it because my biggest pet peeve, is if you let that open, you always have one or two people that will suck the air out of the room. (laughs) And that actually kills the momentum of connecting and collaborating, believe it or not. People then don't want to connect. So then when people are doing the 10-second intros, as a facilitator, I'll say, Neil, you need to talk to uh, Denise, whoever it is, because I know where the connections are, and I, I actually make those collaborations happen. Oh, that's so smart. So your speaker, how long is your speaker going? Is it an hour? Is it 20 minutes? Is it, I didn't get the time. Uh, It depends. Sometimes I'll have like a loose panel because I try and crowdsource ideas or if people, beginners have a lot of questions, you want to get them up to par with everybody. Usually I do 30 minutes, 10 minutes Q&A. It really depends on the content. But what happens is the place that we're at closes at 8.30 p.m. We start the meeting Mm. at 6.30 and we're all networking till nine o'clock outside the place, I can, you know, which is a good thing. You want people not. So, but also we, we raise up a lot of podcasters. I ask, does anyone have, does anyone do um, help produce podcasts, edit podcasts? And I connect those individuals to the beginners that need those services. So we've, we've had about 30 podcasters raised out of our, our meetup group, but we're, you're talking about most of them are doing really well. I mean, um, cause we're big on targeting, niche, you know, all that stuff. So, and connecting one another with with um, the right resources. So it's it's a lot of fun. If I could add something, one thing that Chris does really good because I go to his meetings and literally, I believe that the success of my podcast is directly tied to that association. He's really good about highlighting the new podcaster in the room so that that way you have all these seasoned podcasters and you have podcasters that have been there for a while. And then he'll highlight the new podcaster in the room. If they've launched very recently or whatever, they go up front. He lets them tell people about their podcast. And then what's really kind of cool is that everybody starts to help them and give them advice and blah, blah, blah. But um, when I remember when I was new, 
how much it helped me that he did that because it broke the ice and I was it immediately introduced me to the entire room because everybody, oh, you're new, let me help you. And that's kind of become to the point that when we were in podcast movement, people were like, oh, man, we want to be like the Florida Podcast Association because you guys are so like united. Uh, and it's a much more than just a meetup at this point. Now it's like family. Like we have Steve Cherubino here in the chat room somewhere. Where's the podfather? Uh, you know, it's like the a podfather. We call him the podfather because uh, he w- he wrote a course that John Lee Dumas bought and then became filthy rich. <laughs> so <laughs> call him the podfather. <laughs> I'm gonna awesome. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna touch the link to our podcast uh, meetup so people could see it there in the chat. But um, yeah, I forgot I do that. I'll ask if anyone launched a show each month, and I will actually just go get a screenshot and put it on my um, PowerPoint, so that way I could feature that beginning person. And then Katie and I will listen to the podcast and call people up and say, hey, we listened to your podcast. Congratulations. We're really proud of you. And it it really goes a long way by just supporting your local podcasters. So um, we have Randy. Randy just launched a podcast on drones uh, about two months ago. We were listening to it as we were driving down to the Keys. and, And it was amazing. It was a great show. Oh, that's incredible. You know, I think that's something that we're not doing well enough, Jody, is we have, because there's all different levels. Some people are just brand new starting and they're really excited about podcasting, but they know nothing. And then you have people that are really advanced and have a show or two shows or three shows. And we've got to find a way to accommodate all of those different levels and make sure people feel involved and actually can contribute. What would you say to that? About what? Oh, you're asking Jody. Go ahead. Well, um, well, I think that's something that we need to work on. What you guys are saying is we have, because we have people that are brand new that are, have nothing going on, right? And don't even know where to start. But then there's people that are very advanced podcasters and they come to the meetings and they want a little more, you know, they want the meat and potatoes. And so for me, I'm still figuring out, you know, working out the kinks of my show and what's working and what I love about it and how it's so amazing just to connect with all the people. That's been a major part, but I want people to have that sense of community and involvement in the meeting. And how do you guys do that? That comes, I think that comes more, not necessarily that the meeting provides that separation for them because well, I think what Chris's group and what I call now our group, because we're all involved in making it what it is, is, is that that mixture of intermediate with the guy who's been monetized for a year that happens more in the networking end of it and in the Q and a, because we sort of like incubate one another um, because we want us all to get where everybody is at. One thing that's really big with us is it's not about did Katie do better than Neil this month and did Neil do really well. The first thing Chris does when he finds out that one of us had an inch of success, whether it be monetization, whether it be great marketing, getting featured on the news, he goes up and asks us to share how we did it so that the entire room can now do it tomorrow. So I think what you guys could do, I mean, if you have the nice little blend, is, is obviously the advanced guy doesn't want to be talked down to every meeting and the beginner doesn't want to feel overwhelmed in every meeting. So I think what's great is how you hi- – one thing that I said earlier, Chris highlights the new podcaster in the room so we all get to hear about the newbiness of it. And then some in the Q&A, he tends to take the more advanced questions. So now that new person is getting that feedback in the Q&A. And then that end of networking part, he always says, hey, go talk to someone you've never met. Go, uh, or he'll literally point at me, Neil, talk to this person. And he connects the newbie with the intermediate or advanced person. So it's really a lot about just the way you host it. But it's also about creating that culture of as soon as the host stopped talking, I can't wait to get across the room and meet that new person. 
Yeah. Because now it's our organization shining, let's say, when we all went to PM15 versus Neil's show versus Biz Women Rock versus Story Jam. It's just all of us. You know, that's why we had the little orange bands. It's just all about unity in our group. Yeah, these are the orange bands right here. Yeah, you'll have that same success if you guys just build that level of unity and it won't That's you awesome. have to segregate the meeting. It's just everybody ebbs and flows trying to get everybody to where Amy's show is at or whoever you're well, – Jody. Jody's our big dog. Well, but but just so everybody knows, there really isn't any big dog because um, in any meeting – because even in our meeting, we have Glenn Hebert uh, who has the Horse Radio Network. He literally has been yeah. doing it forever. He has eight different shows. Uh, each show gets like 50,000 downloads, whatever it is. And he's learning from someone else because someone that just started a year ago is pioneering something he never even thought of. So the creativity is really, um, really pivotal. So you never want to really, um, you want to highlight everybody. Are you on it? Cause it's, wow. uh, you want to highlight everybody, but y- you want to <laughs> make sure that uh, you, uh, the ecosystem is complete because without your beginners, your intermediate, your advanced, you don't have an ecosystem. Then you're just catering to one piece of it, and that, that, that that's not as much fun for me. Uh, you know, For the advanced, they should want to give back to the beginner because that's where they were. Um, but at the same time, you could, like uh, Neil said, if you highlight it on the right uh, – I'll give you an example um, – I don't ever, I don't ever like uh, make anyone that's a beginning feel less, less than. But I don't feel their questions openly. So they'll, they're a question of a mm-hmm. beginner. Here's a beginner question in a meetup: What microphone should I use? Okay. So what every I, every time. Absolutely. So what I say, that's a great question. Hold it till the end, and after the meeting is done, you could talk to Steve, Neil, and Stuart, and you could ask them what they think because. There's no one – everybody has a different opinion on what mic is, is, is good to use, everybody. So I'm not going to field that in an open room because that's going to kill the whole momentum of the room. If they ask what mixer should I use, that's – I'm not even going to – that's going to be – that's a personal question that's asked after the meeting is over, and I'll make sure they get the answer to that question. So you just have to be able to um, to field those questions and then just field the marketing questions everybody needs. Uh, beginning, advanced, everybody needs a marketing question. Wow. And that makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering also, tell me about the venue where you guys are hosting and having your people come. I think we're missing the mark a little bit on our venue. Uh, okay. Venue is tough because we've, uh, Neil could attest to this and I don't know if Steve's there. He could, he could tell you this. We, um, we have changed venues like six times. So it took me a while till I found the right venue. A good friend of mine owns like a deli that has a private room off to the side. And it's enclosed in glass, so it's a it's a private room. The, the you can't have a lot of noise. If you have noise, change the venue out. It has to be quiet, because especially if you have a place that echoes, and so when a lot of people are talking, no one could hear anything. It's just not conducive, and you're not going to retain people. So we did have, we had a place that was uh, uh, Neil. You remember Mojitos? Oh yeah. It, it became into a salsa <laughs> lounge or something, but no one could hear. It was so loud we couldn't hear anything, and the bar noise would would spill into our private room off to the side. So now we have an enclosed private room that we could all hear each other talk. It's really great for networking. If there's music in that room, I will ask them to turn the music off. So that's really important into the dynamics of the room. And we'll fill it up with 30 to 50 podcasters, depending on the month. Um, And and last year what we did was we created the first ever Florida PodFest, and we held – 
uh, and that's where Neil met Glenn and all of us kind of solidified. We held a two and a half day conference and we did a lot of cool things during the conference to bond everybody together. One of the key things I do is, uh, have you guys, Jody, you could attest this. Have you ever been to a conference and there's like a really great speaker, but they're not approachable? Yeah. That, that's a pet peeve of mine because, um, I, and if anyone speaks to my conferences, they have to be participating in the conference as well as speaking because that's an ego play. And I'm not big on that because I showed up to meet everybody and everybody in the audience has just as much value to add as the speaker during the, during the event. So I'm big on networking with everybody. So when we do our events, whether it's our meetup, whether it's our uh, conference, everybody hangs out with everybody. Um, and I make that clear with speakers like, Hey, I'd love for you to be a presenter, but you need to be active in this conference. Uh, and, and that's when the synergies really, um, really take hold. One of our attendees last year at PodFest, she wanted to do a, was it a rodeo show? She wanted to do a rodeo show, and <laughs> Katie, my wife, connected her. Uh, Katie's right here. Say hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Right there. Hi, Katie. <laughs> Katie's nine months nine months pregnant. We're waiting any day now. So, um, uh, we uh, this one young this one young lady wanted to do a radio podcast. Katie connected her to Glenn, who is a speaker but also an attendee, and he has the largest horse radio network. He told then after we had like our after hours event, like any big conference and Glenn made a deal with her. He said, if you get a sponsor, I will put you on my network. She started her show with like 8,000 or 16,000 people right off the bat. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And that's all from connect. That's all from being able to connect. So I'm a big proponent of that because uh, I go to a bunch of, a lot of, a lot of conferences but if I'm not able to walk away with relationships, because that's the social capital I'm looking to build, I'm, right. not, I'm not as fulfilled because I, I didn't go to see someone speak. That's part of it. I went to also build a relationship with that person because just like Amy, you and Jody and Neil, we all have value to trade. Uh, and Sammy over here, little Sammy hanging out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to build upon those relationships. Uh, I, it's very frustrating for me, especially when I go up to a speaker saying, hey, I'd love to talk to you. or me. Here, Sammy, get over here. Um, and, and hang out with you, and they'll say, oh, I'm really busy. It's nice meeting you. Uh, it's almost as if, uh, you know, I'm not busy. You're not busy. Neil's not busy. Jody's not busy. We're busy, too. We got shows, too. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it, it becomes an ego play. So I'm big on leveling that field. So when you guys do your meetup, <laughs> yes, you want to highlight people, but you also want them to know that that the speaker is equally as important as the attendee and vice versa. There is yeah. no, like, this person's better than that person. So that's really, that's like a really big philosophical thing Neil and I talk about all the time because that makes a huge difference in how your community will grow. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other trick that I learned throughout my years, because uh, we've done, I've done, I, I probably have done 2,000 meetups, but I don't want to put that number out there. I've counted at, at least 1,400. Um Wow. One of the, the here's a trick that anyone listening to this, this is really important uh, technique. Let's say you do a meetup and on your meetup page it says 20 people are showing up and five people are there. You want to make sure that you do not apologize for only five people showing up. Because right. what you're telling those five people is they're not good enough. Because 10 people didn't show up. This is the language I use when there's less people than I expected. I say, you know what? It's really exciting to have five people. 
I'm actually more excited to have five people than to have 20 because now we get to spend more time with each other to really connect mm -hmm. and build upon our relationships. And I mean it. Like, it's not like I'm not defeated as I'm saying it. What happens is not only is the meetup amazing and we bond, but they show up again and they bring friends, friends the next month. That's how I built my meetups. There's times where I had two people. I had just as much fun with two people as I did when I have 30, 40, or 50 people. But that's how I've been able to build up my meetups. At first, it is shocking when you walk into a room and, you know, you're expecting 20 and there's only two or three. And, and for me, it happened because uh, there was like – you're right, Amy? I feel so yeah. bad for you. You have a I'm great gonna... smile, though, as you cough through. Um, <laughs> I have a big mouth, and so it's going to be right there. But what happened for me was a couple of times when um, there was, like, holidays I didn't account for, and I had a meetup on a holiday. And I walk in, and there's like six people instead of 20 or 30. And I made I made the distinction that we were going to have a blast, and we were going to have a great time. And literally, that's what happened. And, and I'll tell you what, I got more deals and relationships built with six than I, I did sometimes with 30 or 40 in the room mm -hmm. because I have more time to talk with each individual. Uh, okay, Chris, I think I think that's exactly the point about building relationships. And there's some real magic that happens in the small groups. And if you're able to maximize on that and build, then I think that that's where the real power happens. You know, they're just being able to share an hour of this for International Podcast Day. What an incredible honor. And I know that that only came because of the relationships that have been developed of incredible Dave Lee going out of his way and just saying, I really like what you're doing. Let's really reach out and help other people doing that. I'm, I know that meeting with Jody one-on-one -on -one and having that trust and understanding what he's about and what he's working with just gave me so much confidence in what I'm doing and was, gave me an, a little extra, like, umph, that energy to just go out and just have take a little bit more risk. And did that feel like work to you, Jody, when we were having that initial conversation? No, I don't think so. That was that was pretty exciting to get in a small group like that. And small at the time was three of us and yeah. just really talk about podcasting in in depth in a way that we probably haven't gone to again in our meetups. As great as the meetups have been, it was much more personal when we had a small group. And what it reminds me of is I used to run a concert series and we would have 300 people at a concert and it was a great time. But the last concert I did, we had five people show up. Four of them had the last name Mayberry and the performer <laughs> came all the way from Northwest territories in Canada. And I felt so bad for him. And he said, are you kidding? We're still going to have a great time. And he put on such a show. And he had my kids come up on stage. And four years later, we're still talking about it. And that's what I want people that come to a meetup. And even if there's four or five people, they're still telling the stories later. Where if it's a big crowd, they might say the speaker was informative but they may not make the same connections as we can do when our group is still small. Mm. Okay. So you know, we're talking, go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to add, you know, I host a blab on here every week and my first three weeks I had two people and it was uh, people I knew. Um, and some of the best conversations that we've had is when it's just three or four, or maybe 
three or four or five people. And when it gets inundated, the conversation gets watered down a lot less intimate and it becomes more of hosting like you're doing now, Amy, where you're having to host us, moderate the chat, moderate. And it becomes where it, it's different. So the more intimate, the better. I mean, even recently at a meetup, I got there and there was maybe nine people. So I just hopped on Periscope and connected another 20 people to that meeting by Periscoping it live. And now we had 29. So there's methods today. And, and while I was there, there was two of them saying, do a live blab and connect even more of us. Cause as soon as I do a blab, now there's four plus the entire chat room. So I try to think of it no more as uh, in today's world, we really don't have to think about it. If the seats are filled, you just need to turn on your phone and you can immediately fill 24 more seats virtually. So that's uh, a, your, yeah. yeah, great point. We have a massive geographic area trying to connect all of these people. And so doing the online meetups and then the in-person meetups, I haven't heard that we need to do three online and then one in person or two online and one in person. Have you thought of any ratios or anything compared to that? Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, well, just a suggestion you could do. You could, How often do you guys meet now? Once a month? Once a month. Yeah, you could do one meeting in person a month and and then on the off, you know, every other week you do a virtual uh, hangout of some sort, whether it's a blab or whatever with the group, uh, just to build the personalities and the connections. Um, my, my group, uh, one of the benefits of doing what I do is I knew Neil before I started the Florida Podcast Association. I knew four or five people, so I already had... Mm, that sure helps. Like so that's that's the, the first you guys way to don't start. Have. So anything to oh, he's coming in slowly. You there, Chris? <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, jump back. Uh, to yeah, that. I, I actually I froze up. Okay, if you want to jump off and then come right back in, I'm that'll sorry, really what help. Sorry, what were you saying, Amy? Are you back? Okay, we'll do one more time. Okay. So an, another thing that I was thinking about, so this is where we are right now, what's working for us in Washington. What about those people that are listening right now that are just getting started or they're just in a new area and want to join or want to start a meetup? How do you do that? How do you just start a meetup from scratch? That's a big step. I think that's kind of what he was just getting ready. And Chris, I know you're back already, but uh, well, if I was okay. Today it's uh yeah. you 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 use people that you know so that you already have like he was saying advocates that are going to help you not only uh, spread the word and grow it but when the meetings are occurring they'll they'll be active to keep the conversation going to keep the things going no different than if I when I first started my blab I made sure I, someone I knew was in that chat room uh, following up retyping the links asking questions so you I think that would be how I would start it today is the first thing is no different than a podcast just start it get on meetups get on there and announce your meetup. And I think you have to launch your meetups expecting that it's okay to have two people the first three times. I mean, it takes time and consistency for anybody to sign into anything. And there, right. people are always like, well, maybe if they're around in three weeks, I'll go in person, you know, because <laughs> they're just as shy when they see your meetup for the first time as you are launching your meetup. And so I think if you just have that expectation, and like Chris said, you bring some uh, friends and some people with common interests together. Once you start to get that added value, those intimate conversations, they start telling the planet about the meetup and it just starts to fill up. I'm sure you guys experienced that when you went from three to 40. And that's because people started to leave the meetup and calling their friend and go, oh, my God, you got to come next week. This is amazing. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, one thing that's been hard for me is my husband's job. We move every couple of years. And so I didn't know anyone in Washington. And so that's a that's a whole different ballgame moving here. And then I just get into podcasting. So 
actually meeting someone from Jared Easley is the one that actually said, you need to meet with Jody and get this started. And Jody lives probably 90 minutes or almost two hours away from where I am. And so we put some miles on actually getting together for the meetup. But I really think that has had a lot a really power punch for our group. Would you agree, Jody? What are your thoughts? Oh, I think so. That's that uh, to to have people come from outside the area because we meet in Tacoma, which is not where either of us live. Amy lives, um, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes away. And I live a couple hours away, but we go that far to meet mainly because we think that's going to help more people that are interested come up. And we have people come from Olympia and Seattle and the towns around Seattle. So it works really well. And uh, I, I've always appreciated that Amy is willing to put in the time to set it up and the drive to get there to help other people. And it's, it's been really good. And Amy, I actually have a a question for you because (laughs) this, we've had one year of this meetup now. Or, or this meetup group. So if you were starting over, you, you said your, your husband, jo- her, his job makes you move every couple of years. So let's say you end up in New Orleans next year. How- yeah, which is really possible. He, we're up for orders and we're not sure where we're going to go. So next summer I could be doing this from a whole different ballgame. Yeah, Tampa, welcome to you. Covered if you move to Tampa, but if you go to some place that doesn't already have a presence in podcasting and a podcast meetup group established, what have you learned in the last year that you would use to start fresh? Well, I, okay, so I really would put it up on Meetup and I would start and it might be meeting at a coffee shop the first couple of times and trying to build any sort of relationship. And what I've noticed is when people come in, the one thing that I can do is welcome them home like it's Christmas morning. You know, everybody has, I don't care how outgoing you are, there's that first step where you're just like, oh my goodness, I don't really know what I'm doing. This is out of my comfort zone, you know? And so if I can make people feel welcome, then that's the number one thing. Another thing that I would do on Meetup, in fact, I'm doing that now, is for our group on meetup.com, every time somebody even clicks that they're interested, I send them a message. And it's kind of cut and paste, but I really personalize it like, hey, I see you signed up. Tell me about it. What Do you have a show? Do you have a concept? What are you working on? When that first email back from them on meetup.com is massive four or five paragraphs. I've been thinking about this for years. I've got yeah. this concept for a show. Yeah. Now, if they ever do anything with it or if they ever come out, then that's, that's on them. But the, at least they know the door is open and at least they know that there's someone there on your, their side cheering them on and willing to lend a hand. Yeah. But what I'm learning from Chris and Neil is we need to take it a step farther and that open door, that's great. But when they're there, then we need to do a little bit of service and connect them with the right people. So they feel that not just from me as the leader, not just from you, Jody, but that they have that feeling of, oh man, there's somebody else I can call and ask mm-hmm. about this and that. Because when you're podcasting, there's times where you just get stuck. If it's 
something that you're working on in your content, content, if there's something that you're working on and you're like, this just doesn't feel right. I need to run this by somebody. And we all get to that point. And so if somebody has that, I think that's why meetups are so incredibly valuable. What would you add to that? Uh, yeah. Um, no, that's very true. The, the, just a couple of things though. If you have a bad feeling about someone, don't connect them to anyone. Mm. And uh, one of the things that uh, I always say jokingly but serious is at the end of a meetup, I always say, if you really enjoyed this meetup, uh, leave me a review. And if you didn't, come see me before you leave because I don't want you to leave me any re- But, you know, I joke about it. But people do leave you reviews, and that's how people see if your meetup is alive and well. Um, one of the coolest stories I've ever had happen – was when I first started e-marketing groups. That's an internet marketing meetup. Hmm. And by the way, we have veteran broadcaster Michael Cross on. Just want to say hi to Michael. He's Michael. one of the greatest uh, broadcasters and now a podcaster. But um, when you're when 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 I was doing it, I had a gentleman by the name of Dan Sherman that was part of my meetup groups and never showed up for six months. So I thought he was like one of those robot profiles. And one day he shows up. Oh, now he had me on the edge of my seat. He was really pale, so I could put on the computer a lot. He was really pale. Um, he was really pale, and I said, Dan, you must spend a lot of time in front of the computer. He goes, yeah, I do CPS. What's CPA? He goes, cost per action. So he was making money through cost per action offers. This was uh, seven years ago, so he was making a lot of money doing cost per action. Anyways, he would have to always recreate the wheel to make his money, and I said, Dan, you should you should come hear Greg Wells speak. He talks about LinkedIn. And that might be something you should do. Well, he um, he wound up getting into LinkedIn. Dan then became the foremost expert on LinkedIn, where McGraw-Hill invited him to write the book on LinkedIn. And then he actually had me write a chapter. So I'm published in – I hate LinkedIn, by the way, so I don't promote this. But I'm published in the actual LinkedIn <laughs> – I'm published in the actual LinkedIn book. He gave me my own chapter to write about networking that McGraw-Hill publishes, and he sells tons of copies that – you know, displaced executives and people that need it for job searches and stuff uh, by, but that was all from a meetup and me helping connect him forward. And then mm-hmm. he came, like, I totally forgot about it. And he says, Chris, I'm doing my second edition. I want to give you an entire chapter. And who else would you like me to list in here that you think would be um, beneficial to write a chapter? So it's pretty, that's like a cool thing that comes out of a meetup that I never expected that. And then Neil got to speak recently about Periscope and Blab. And Dan Sherman walks in. He's like, hey, I want to learn these platforms. And then he's giving Neil shout out on social media, but it all comes full circle, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Chris, Amazing. I jump a little bit every time your bird tweets. Try <laughs> <laughs> being their good friend. <laughs> I bet if he had a nickel for every time you heard that. You know, um, I just want to, if I could just add a little something, um, is uh, I treat, I think that meetups, um, one thing, Amy, you were talking about, that whole warm feeling. I mean, he, anytime you add humanity into your show, into your meetup, totally. into your anything, people will like it and respect it. But um, I think my big assessment at the end of the day is just like our shows um, add value and people listen to us because they like us for adding value. I think that goes the same to your meetups. I think that if they just leave with one nugget they didn't have, if they leave inspired, motivated, relaunched, whatever words we want to use, if they so much as tweet it, it, your meetup was worth it. So I think it's just about making sure that it's adding value, (laughs) even if it's only to one person. I feel like I'm getting fingered. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, and that's all I want to add. Uh, just, uh, make sure it adds value, and I think that that will make people come back. It'll make them share it across their network, and it'll make them uh, be a. They'll market it for you because it's adding value, and then they want their friends to receive that same value. Fantastic, Amy. Also, I think one thing we might have taken in the wrong direction or handled improperly. Oh no! Uh, in our meetups, is we tend to jump on every time there's a new podcaster that shows up that shows interest. And uh, I've been concerned lately that may we're not giving as much value to veterans that want to continue to grow what they're doing because we right. pour so much into right. the new people. That's a powerful point. And that's where we have to make, make those connections and figure out the right thing for Maybe our highlight group. one of each per meetup, you know, uh, introduce like Chris, like I said, like he does, you know, our new podcaster in the room, but at the same time, you don't have to necessarily highlight and have them speak, but just give them a shout out, give them a pat on the back. Hey, did you guys know that we still have, you know, Neil Galarte of all things post is still part of our group and he just hit, I don't know, whatever number, you know, just give them a little, mm, you know, and, and then they feel a little, you know, a little special feeling when they're walking out and people will say, congratulations, all because of your little mention that you gave them. So you don't necessarily have to do a big change. Just, you know, just maybe do a little homework before the meeting, know who's going to be there or while they're there on your laptop, do a little something on them and just say something, anything, just mention them. People sometimes just want to be acknowledged. Okay, Amy, I, I'm looking at the time. No, we don't have much left. Do you want to talk about the mascot? This is our mascot. I just want people oh, to know this is Sasquatch Mike, M-I-C, because this is the Pacific Northwest, nice. the land of the Sasquatch, and not every meetup has an actual mascot. Now, this is actually Jody's, but he has never keeps it, and so he just hands it to me every time, but he has the actual Sasquatch Mike in squirrel <laughs> underpants. Yes, those are real squirrel underpants. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I'm... We met the first time and had that initial conversation. And then the second time that we met, someone actually brought, uh, Doc Kennedy actually brought him a pair of squirrel underpants. Doc. It takes a strong man to give another man squirrel underpants. So I'm know. glad we have a mask on. And Dan Delgado is joining in on us. He had a couple, it looks like he had a couple of questions. Oh, hello there. Can you hear me? We can hear. We can you. hear you. Right. I don't see I you. Can Unfortunately, you guys see it's uh, my camera is defaulting to ManyCam, which is a little embarrassing. This is the first time that I'm using this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my name is Dan. I host a show called the Radio Dan Show, and and right now I am live on a uh, on a public station in uh, Pennsylvania, ninety three WLRI. So I just wanted to pop in and say hello to all of you folks. And Hello, uh, wow. just to see how everybody's doing here and what's how are we all celebrating International Podcast Day? Amy, take it away. <laughs> oh, it's been so much fun just connecting with different people. I've been popping in on this global live stream left and right and making friends around the globe with podcasters. That's been the best way for me. Uh, Neil? Yeah. You know what? First of all, Dan, well, hello to your audience and thanks for popping in on our blab. First of all, um, I've been enjoying just talking to this group right here and just kind of sharing and hopefully we're all adding value to our chat room. Uh, be a podcaster now. Uh, my show just hit a year old. Um, and I just, I met me, Amy only at podcast movement and just glad to be on this blab opportunity here with Jody, which I've just met for the first time. So I think it's just all about podcasters uniting to continue to make the, uh, the craft take off like the way it has. Nice. How about you, Jody? 
Well, I have I have enjoyed International Podcast Day by listening to several of my favorite podcasts <laughs> <laughs> and popping into this all day long blab that has been happening about podcasts. And then this particular group we are talking about meetups in person, which is an interesting twist because so much of podcasting is about online and hearing people in your ears that you may never meet, but yet here we are talking about meeting and the value in that. Yeah, you know, I've, uh, I, I'm i here in South Florida, by the way. I am. Oh, yeah. Someone mentions, dude, like in Gap, Pennsylvania, I see Jason M. Bryant is saying, yeah, WLRI in Gap, Pennsylvania. I'm not actually in Gap, Pennsylvania. They, they broadcast my show there, but I'm in South Florida. And there is a monthly meetup that happens here that I, I've been to once, I think two months ago. And I know that they had a big group that went to the podcast yeah. movement out in Texas. Uh, they've got another meetup coming in a couple of weeks. I'm I'm looking forward to going to. Well, so, excellent. So for you guys, so you guys went to the to podcast uh, movement. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, all we right. see you in South Florida because I uh, I think that Glenn the Geek is going to be talking down there at that um, South Florida meetup, and um, I hope to join him to be his assistant and basically pass out his paperwork. So hopefully we get to meet you down there, Dan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that would be great. All right, listen, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and I will have to figure out, since I've never seen Blab before, this is a really neat thing that you guys have here. I'll have to figure out how to, you know, not have Minicam as my default so you can see my pretty face, all right? (laughs) right. Sounds good. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks for tuning in to our Blab. Yep. Uh, (laughs) That was unique and interesting. Excellent. We just got the last couple of minutes. I've seen a couple of questions in the chat room. Is there any last few questions that we that we have not covered? Talking about meetups, actually connecting. What have we got? Uh, I just want to tell Neil, Dan was at our meetup. He was at our meetup at Mojitos. Oh. He's from, he was from South Tampa. He has a marketing firm on McDill Avenue. Really? Remember, he came up on the stage. He came once. It was one time. He was like... High energy, a lot of energy. I don't, but you know what? I hope that I meet him again. <laughs> That's the best I can say. <laughs> hey, That's I just want to say one thing since we're wrapping up. Um, you know, one thing about meetups and synergies and all this good stuff is it has to go beyond the meetup. I just want to mention Steve Cherubino. You know, when when Chris introduced him as our quote unquote our version of the Podfather, and I found out that he had a podcast called EDM Producer Podcast. I then started going and following his podcast, listening to all of them, which in turn, he started listening to mine. Now, granted, this is when we first met. And now we're even like, you know, I jumped on um, Blab. Then I got him to jump on Blab. And the point I'm trying to make is that we support each other's Blabs. Even when there's only one person in there. And the point I'm trying to make is that because of the friendships, because of the relationships we build, now we're supporting each other on different platforms that are completely unrelated to podcasting. And it's actually grown us. Uh, as far as friends and also helping each other promote our show. So it's more than just the meetup. It has to transcend podcasting. And uh, like for us now it's on Periscope. Now it's on Blab. And it almost doesn't matter what social media trend we're following each other and promoting each other's shows. And that's what I think Chris has built. So thank you, sir. And that's what I think. And I hope becomes sort of contagious across all meetups is that it's got to go beyond the meetup. It has to transcend <laughs> all the mediums. So that's my last little comment. And it's been a pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank you so much, Neil. What I've learned from just this hour is 
opening the door is great and that's wonderful. We've got to do a little more serving the community and we've got to get people more involved. And that's the next step for our group here in Washington to really help our entire group grow. How about you, Jody? Well, I think you're right, Amy. That's one of the keys to it. Getting started is a big deal. And then after you're started, and and uh, if we were to start again right now, we would know from the beginning that you look at ways to serve the group, promote the group, help the group get, get – <laughs> is he trying to pinch me? No more weed. Just- <laughs> uh, so that's it. Just just find the, the people that are willing to give their time to the meetup Find a way to continue to help them out and add value. Yeah. Excellent. And you, Chris? I got this new feature on the iPhone 6S. You guys got to see this. Check this out. Let me see if I could get it to play. It takes a picture before and after you take a picture. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Like that's a normal picture, but it takes a uh, a second and a half before and after the picture. Wow. That's just so cool. That life-changing point. <laughs> I think I think at the end of the day, you just got to have fun with whatever you're doing. And if you're not laughing, having fun, then what's the point of doing it? Uh, I've done thousands of meetups because it was fun. It's fun meeting people. It's fun building relationships. And I always tell people, um, we're all on this planet together, so we might as well have fun uh, and not take things so seriously. Um, and I love I love fingering Neil like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My word. You know, one thing I heard earlier today, and I have no idea who said it, is you have the 80-20 rule, and you're going to have 20% of those people show up to your group, and you're going to have 80% that say they're going to do something and really aren't moving forward, and you need to focus on those 20%, help others, really what they're working on, and it all comes back to you. It really does come back to you, and that's what's so exciting is seeing this happen. So. I agree. Great. Well, Amy, you did a fantastic job. Yes, I, I saw we just had a question come in, but we don't. I don't think we have time to have answer that because that's kind of a deep question. But Amy, as we wrap up, I, I've got a question. Uh, it's it's really a joke. My my kids like this one. So, <laughs> how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? Eight. Ten tickles. Oh God. <laughs> That's Think like about it. You'll laugh hey, later. I want to know how Amy got twelve hundred. You know, love taps. That we're down in the eights. I mean, what the hell? I have a huge mouth. <laughs> ah, that's why. That's All right, fun, we're going to close it up. We're going to hand hand over the torch. It's kind of like the podcasting Olympics. If we had some background music and we had the flags waving in the back, that would be the most beautiful thing. You know. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Now eight o'clock. Find me. Just.